It's now a given that organizations, especially financial institutions, need to use multi-factor authentication. But what technologies and processes need to be in place to ensure its adoption throughout the financial sector? Hi, I'm Robin Weissman, custom content producer with Information Security Media Group. We're talking today about the latest multi-factor authentication trends with Chris Tritton, who is Director of Product Marketing at Crossmatch. Chris, thanks for joining us today. Yeah, pleasure to be here. Well, let's start the conversation by discussing some of the barriers preventing financial institutions from adopting multi-factor authentication. So Chris, what are some of the biggest barriers you see in your experience? It's now a requirement to adopt multi-factor security. I mean, we continue to be breached. We're painfully aware of the cost, and we know the central cause of data breaches in compromised credentials. So the question is, well, why hasn't this problem been solved? What's preventing organizations from adopting NFA? And as it turns out, solving a problem historically has not been trivial. You have many systems, they're diverse with incompatible interfaces and security plumbing. Because of this, they're very difficult to properly secure and achieve governance and business agility. You just look at the number of the systems, the diversity of the systems, the number and diversity of types of users, employees, vendors, partners, the number and diversity of access points, amount of manual work typically required of IT to install and maintain multi-factor, the number of ITs that must be involved for all these systems. Plus, historically, multi-factor authentication systems required everything to be custom built. Account definition, authorization rules, business logic, workflow and approvals, authentication policies. So if you look at some of the statistics, the average MFA initiative has been ongoing for six years. And this is from a survey of about 2,200 uh, institutions. Now, on average, four point solutions are deployed for MFA because what happens, you start with a requirement to lock down certain systems and, you know, you might have gotten a hard token authorization platform, but that doesn't extend to all your platforms. So you develop another one. Maybe you go to SSO, but of course that doesn't touch all systems either. So you continually expand the number of systems that you're throwing at this problem. So let's talk a little bit about what this complexity looks like. On average, the survey companies supported 198 applications, and that's 198 places where accounts must be set up and managed, 198 different password and password policies for those systems that don't have multi-factor authentication applied to them. Dozens of IT professionals support users on all these applications. Now, if only half of these required unique passwords, how many users can remember even 13 different passwords? Historically, MFA has been very expensive. It's taken a lot of resources that especially smaller organizations don't have. I think there are a lot of companies out there that are looking at it, investigating it. But if you look at the multi-factor authentication vendor landscape, there's a lot of solutions out there. And a lot of companies are balking at the complexity and choice involved. You know, those are the barriers. Nowadays, there are so many ways for threat actors to attack digital assets of financial institutions, as you know. How can credential management help banks protect themselves from these attacks? As I said, the key trends making it difficult to secure digital assets are the complexities in a modern data center. And that includes cloud computing. It used to be you were behind the firewall or outside the firewall. And if you were inside the firewall, you were safe. And if you were outside, well, you had to have some 
increased level of security to access corporate assets. Cloud computing sort of destroys that model, and so the perimeter of security is no longer adequate. To make it worse, you had this shadow IT uh, developing where individual line of business units go out and contract with their own cloud services, unbeknownst to IT. And you have the explosion of mobile devices, a vastly increased number of devices attaching to the data center, expanded access to IT resources by non-employee actors, such as vendors, partners, service providers, and you know even customers. And so you have all these actors and developments allowing unfettered access to applications many of which exist outside the traditional security perimeter, using uncontrolled mobile platforms by just about anyone, anytime, anywhere, what could possibly go wrong? The thing, the linchpin in all of this uh, and the security breaches are passwords, and they're at the heart of the data breach epidemic. The problem is that these weak passwords that typically uh, users create to, to manage the complexity, they can be shared and they can be stolen. And that's exactly what's happening. There's a lot of ways to do that. The important thing is you need to manage your credentials and find alternative ways to authenticate. This is why we're talking about multi-factors. You know, multi-factors, you look at smart cards even, or tokens, even hardware tokens, biometrics, very hard to share those authentication factors with other people, especially bad actors. How can organizations better prepare to prevent data breaches and what role does multi-factor authentication play in that? Well, I think, you know, the one thing to realize is that there is no one single thing to do that will cure all woes and ills. I think, you know, there's some just basic housekeeping things that need to be done. And surprising, there's a lot of organizations don't do these things, like evaluate their all systems and data and their security requirements. First, you have to identify them where they are. You have to do things like segment your network. So if somebody does get into your network, they don't have free reign on everything. There's some basic housekeeping that needs to be done. You really need to look inside your network and segment it, identify all systems and data and the security requirements, uh, develop access control policies that govern who can access what systems when. And that's not only sort of an internal requirement, there's a lot of mandates and uh, regulations that require you to have and to demonstrate that you have policies, access control policies, uh, SOX, uh, GLB, to name just two of them. And then, of course, if you're uh, processing card data, PCI, in fact, the latest version of PCI requires that you have multi-factor authentication, not just for systems that hold card data, but other systems in that environment. So the mandates are getting more tightly controlled. You need to apply policy-based multi-factor authentication access controls. Once you define your asset and policy, you need to apply them and use them. And then once you've done that, you need to closely monitor your event logs for suspicious activity, like failed authentication requests, multiple failed authentication attempts, system lockout, security breaches and security exposures come from humans, largely employees, that inadvertently, not often maliciously, but inadvertently expose the company to security breaches of all sorts. And so there's all the processes and technologies, but you also have to do a lot of education with your employees and very simple stuff. And studies are showing that that is maybe one of the most powerful things you can do. You know, even if you don't have multi-factor authentication implemented, at least start there. Can you give an example, like a real-world example, of how multi-factor authentication can help deter things like phishing attacks or ransomware attacks? Let's talk about phishing. Let's talk about the, the most common avenue of attack. And this gets down to humans again. We are wired to cooperate. It might seem implausible sometimes as you look at the people you have to deal with in your life, but we're actually hardwired 
cooperate with, with each other. There's other hardwired characteristics in human beings, and that is to respect authority. Uh, your boss comes in with that glint in his eye. You know, he's not messing around. He asks you to do something, and you say, yes, how soon? And that's exactly what bad actors are preying on. They're stealing trust. They understand enterprise technology, and they understand enterprise process and organizations. And so what they'll do is they'll study an organization to see who's the vice president of what, what's the reporting structure, what is going on, what they do a lot of what they call wet work, understanding on the ground what is happening to the corporation, and then they'll impersonate a vice president who will either phone call or send an email saying, you know, I need you to do this now. Open up this attachment. You need to respond to this in the next hour. And so you have a very believable email and guess what? It's malware. So what happens? The malware is let loose and it scrapes the system and finds cached credentials. And so as long as you're trading in these very, very insecure authentication credentials, you're going to be subject to spear phishing attacks and malware. And by the way, spear phishing attacks are very inexpensive to launch, and they are soaring in terms of just the, the sheer numbers uh, perpetrated against the industry. So what you're looking for are authentication factors that aren't subject to those types of threats. I can't tell the system admin my fingerprint. I can't tell them my smart card. They can't scrape that from my system. Those are things that cannot be shared or stolen. So you go even further. You have a credential that can't be shared or stolen, but to make matters even more interesting, you had two of them that require the attacker to compromise the credential in different ways. So yes, maybe you do a biometric, and maybe you also do a, uh, a Bluetooth authentication from your smartphone. So at that point, you've made it extremely difficult to attack the system. And and this is the important thing to remember. You know, uh, attackers and crooks are opportunistic. They're looking for the easy kill. They don't want to work hard. I mean, they have businesses to run themselves. So if you make it very difficult with several factors that can't be shared or stolen to attack your network, your assets, they're going to go someplace else. And for our final question, Chris, please describe how CrossMatch can simplify identity and access management for financial institutions in particular. You know, we talked about complexity as one of the prevailing main barriers to adopting multi-factor authentication. And what we like to say is we make the complex simple. I mean, we've studied this. We've lived with our customers. We understand the challenges. We understand the systems. And we developed a multi-factor system that you can actually install uh, some customers in days and be up and running because there's no need to modify any application or platform. Applications be, can be integrated in minutes instead of hours. Users can be provisioned in minutes instead of hours. And you have all the most common authentication factors included, so organizations don't need to deploy multiple point solutions. As I said before, that all this has to be managed and governed by policy. So we have this wide range of authenticators that secure all the systems from mainframe applications all the way up to cloud applications. And they can be uh, applied based on customer policy choices. Authentication workflows and complexity can be managed to risk-based authentication policies. And so what that means is that as you start to add authentication factors, you secure your systems. But lots of times you make it very inconvenient for the user. So what you want to do is you want to look at your systems and say, well, you you know, these systems and these people accessing the systems are 
relatively low security import and exposure. So we're just going to let them access them maybe through a simple SSO transaction. But then you say, well, here's an accounting system with all sorts of financial data. You have to access that using two, maybe even three factors. Um, That's one of the things we do, by the way. Most other systems only allow you to add two factors. We allow you to scale that up to three factors depending on the security needs. So you you don't impose the security burden on all your users. You make it pretty simple for people that need to do just standard run-of-the-mill things, and then really lock down your highly secure systems and data. Uh, we don't require that you use uh, you install any new hardware to manage. You don't have to train your IT uh, staff in any specialized skills. They can use their standard Active Directory tools that they know well and are comfortable with, so you don't have to have specialized staff to care and feed for your authentication system that Crossmatch provides. We have a password management for people that choose to continue to use passwords, policies automatically enforced, and a users can self-service password reset, which removes a huge cost. Bring on new systems. You know, the thing is that the, the IT environment is very complex, but it's also changing all the time. And that's one of the barriers to adoption. And so bringing on new systems to change the existing ones is accelerated by the easy application administration of ELTS provisioning and authentication policies. Very easy to do quickly. And again, you know, things change. And so you have new security exposures, new authenticators come to the market. You don't want to be on a system that locks you into a particular technology. ELTS, our flagship product, uh, Digital Persona Altus uh, is what we call it. It's by Crossmatch. It is a platform, really. Um, most of the technology on the platform we've developed over the past 10 years, but it's very easy to add new authenticators and new functionality because of this platform architecture. So it doesn't lock you into any particular authentication technology. We have purposely chosen not to use proprietary technologies. We actually had the choice to make. And so it's, it's an open system. It's a platform. It's extensible. You're future-proofed. You cover all applications with all the authentications, authentications for all users in a very, very easy way to install and manage. And it allows you also with you know a, a central repository of event logging so that you can actually satisfy your regulatory mandates for auditing and reporting. Um, so I think we looked at this very carefully, and I think we've got all bases covered and really have cracked the nut of what is kept people from adopting MFA, and that is the complexity. Chris, thank you so much for your time today. For my part, at least, you've definitely made um, MFA implementation, as you put it, simple. So thank you. You're so welcome. It was my pleasure, and thank you for having me. The topic has been multi-factor authentication trends, and I've been speaking with Chris Tritton, who is Director, Product Marketing at Crossmatch. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Robin Weissman. Thank you for listening.